This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. So on the Twitter, Paul Nash, appreciate travelling forest fans need to make their own entertainment. Is it harsh? Okay. But wasn't the communal sex doll a little bit much? I really enjoyed the uh, communal sex doll, and I love the fact that the um, the I don't know if you might want to rephrase that, Mike. Why don't I? Why don't I want to rephrase it? That you really enjoyed the communal sex doll. <laughs> I hope it was given a wipe. <laughs> I like the fact that the uh, the players got hold of it. Um, so I think it I think it did its bit, and and obviously that means that. Either they blew it up inside the Arthur Waite concourse, which itself must have been pretty fucking difficult, <laughs> or um, or the stewards let them take it free. So there were two of them, two stewards or two communal sex cells, and one of them uh, by the halfway through the first half had a forest top on. I just hope they got their top back. Whoever put the, <laughs> put it on the sex cell, but yeah. Yes. Um, Nottingham Forest two stars on Twitter said, as Forest fans, we love a TIFO ourselves. Uh, but frankly, this is outstanding from Palace, a cracking tribute to Maxi Jazz. Take a bow, Palace fans. And then there was the loving on Twitter. And um, in the end, Nottingham Forest two stars called Brighton fans, North, North France deck share cunts, which I thought was great. <laughs> there's also, not, uh, Nottingham Forest two stars have really been going for it because there's a, uh... This one from them, the new ultra affiliation, these super tree eagles, which I think might be the new collective name for uh, Forest and Palace fans together, are no match for the stripy sea pigeons. Best get that truck of yours jackknifed across the A23 uh, Eubank. There's a Nottingham South London juggernaut headed that way, your monocle fuck nugget. Wow. I mean... also <laughs> referred to the free motorways derby that's going to happen next season because that's how many motorways it is between Forest and Brighton. <laughs> <laughs> I know it well from from being a touring band in Brighton. The amount of times we drove M23 clockwise around the M25, then up the M1. My God, <laughs> my God, it's so destroying. Are you afraid um, of tunnels and bridges? Then is that why you didn't go anti-clockwise? Well, I didn't go anti-clockwise because it takes longer. Uh, that's that's probably the reason. Um, I don't like queues very much. Up the M11. Well, then that that would lead you to Cambridge, though, wouldn't it? Yeah. Let's not get. Let's not make. Yeah, this boring Where did you push enough? We we unposh. You couldn't do gigs in Cambridge. 
Um, Cambridge is always shit for punk gigs. Um, always absolutely shit. Um, anyway, I think we're probably getting a little bit off topic. Um, but suffice to say, um, Forest fans had a laugh at Palace and... Um, you know their grounds pretty great for an away day, so excellent. Let's um, let's hope that that is actually a thing. And deck chair, see you next Tuesdays. Um, starts uh, starts trending, replacing Golden and Gopher. Okay, shall we? Uh, shall we do a pod? Yeah. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talksport Fan Network. Talksport, powered by fans. Alexa. Play Back of the Nest podcast. Playing Back of the Nest, CPFC podcast, from Amazon Music. Back of the Nest, now on your Alexa device and Amazon Music. Hello and welcome to what quite possibly is the final match report pod of the season by us Back of the Nest folks. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Scott, and I'm joined by Cara Skipper. Hello. And Nick Gillard. Yo. As we take a look back at most things over the season quickly, I think there'll probably be a proper end of the season pod that Hambo will want to orchestrate, uh, but we'll mainly cover the final game of the season. One all draw against Nottingham Forest, who are apparently now our new besties. Well, we've got to start. We've got to start somewhere, people, and it's going to have to be the display in the Homesdale. Um, saw the photos straight after from a couple of people that we knew that were sitting down the other end uh, before they made their way into social media. What a tribute. Uh, everyone getting involved. Um, the serious about, amount of hours must have come in there from the HF. Nick? Yeah, I saw a tweet earlier today, actually, of them getting the Maxi Jazz thing ready. It took them three days just for that part. And uh, when they unveiled the the banner with the words on, there was some bloke still there hastily colouring in the white bits um, <laughs> just to make it look good. I mean, I had no clue what it was going to be about you, Cara. Did you know, know it was going to be no. a Maxi Jazz one? No, not a clue. No, no. But it was stunning. And, um, yeah, and Sister Bliss, Bliss uh, fellow face, uh, Faithless member, was very touched by it as well. Put a very good tweet out thanking all the Palace fans. But... Round of applause has to go to the Fanatics for that. And also for their performance on Tuesday night in the under-21 game because that atmosphere was unreal. Yeah, it was. It, it, was, um, it was a disappointing evening. Um, it, was, it was great to go and it was awesome how many people turned up. Uh, for those that didn't go or you know don't play for the Plus subscription, didn't get to watch it, um, it was... The whole of the bottom of the homestale was pretty much full. Um, what would you say, half full in the in the main stands by the looks of it, Nick? Yeah, there were six thousand there, and I've been to Palace uh, first team games where there's been six thousand during the yeah. Trevor Aylott years. Um, so yeah, a really good turnout. So well done to all that paid their five or one pound for their kids. It was good. yeah, it was um, it was great. A, sp- a special shout out to the the little shit house from PSV that. Um, scored the opener and then decided he'd go and demonstrate and show off in front of a series of kind of five-year-olds in the corner, which is just absolutely pathetic. Um, I really wanted us to win more after that because I just wanted to rub his little grotty face in it, but unfortunately it wasn't to be. Um, they were they they were a lessening shithousery, that team, and um, unfortunately... 
unfortunately won, but it was very satisfying to clap the team off and then to everyone to leave before the uh, before the medal ceremony. So that probably about three PSV fans and a couple of uh, members of their family saw it happen. Um, yeah, disappointing, but what can you do? Um, yeah, I mean, before we get into the game, I think it's probably just worth covering a couple of other things as well. Um, Cara, can you tell us a little bit about some jobs that have come about? <laughs> yeah, uh, I get no commission on these, unfortunately. But um, if you head over to the vacancies section of the Crystal Palace website, um, I- I'll just read it and just see if any jump out at you, okay? It's a, it's a relatively long list, so bear with me. Match right. steward and SIA steward. Match day retail catering operator and bartender. Academy scout, part-time. Work experience, not clear what the work experience is. Academy host, family provider. Casual chef to party. Apprentice electrician. Partnership executive, women's team. Assistant coach, women's team. Head coach, women's team. Casual logistics oper- operative. Lead physiotherapist, women's team, under 15s lead coach, commie chef, academy site night security, casual gardener, casual academy receptionist and admin, weekends, academy kit manager. Okay, so what is it about the casual gardener that you wanted to talk about? (laughs) (laughs) I just, it just blows my mind. I mean, the, the most notable thing is what's missing from that list, which is men's team head coach men's team assistant coach <laughs> which presumably if you're advertising for a men uh, women's team assistant coach and head coach on there why not the men's team you can also stick a tv in well, if you're yeah. to train us all up you know stick him on there as well because we've we've sewn up roy until his 80th birthday so it's all good well there, there have been rumors today according to uh football fan cast that um graham potter's going to get a premier league lifeline uh and is having talks with Palace. Now, these are only rumours at the moment. I know how Steve Parrish feels about the rumours that go around, but um, I'm just wondering, what, what would you feel about Potter? What, where was the original source from that? Um, well, I've seen it in The Express, The Sun, uh, Football Transfers, uh, French Football News. I don't know why French Football News are talking about it. <laughs> but yeah, reportedly in talks. So whether that's just space filler, I don't know. I always feel like with Palace, though, even before they start talking to a manager, they put it out to see what the reaction is, you know? So it could it could be that they haven't actually started doing that yet, but, like, one of them's gone and got a bit of coverage over it just to see what, what, the, what the reaction is before they actually go for it. Potter, how would you feel about being the assistant gardener at Cell Earth Park? <laughs> <laughs> you get get a... Uh... Low down from Steve Bruce, who was the assistant gardening leave, wasn't he, all them years ago? <laughs> the academy scout one is only part-time, to be fair. He could do that and take on another job at the same time. Yeah. I'm more worried about the commie chef, because if we get a commie chef, then the Homestead Online will be very displeased, won't they, having a commie doing the food? Oh. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> um, it was, just, sorry. A commie chef. Oh, communal chef. Oh, no, okay. Um What's the difference between a communal chef and one of the normal chefs? I don't know. What is I the don't... difference between is a it is chef? a common chef a communal chef? I don't isn't think it they a are. Friend, isn't it a word like is commis chef? <laughs> yeah, commis chef. Are you doing the French pronunciation? Is, is it C O M M I S? Yeah. I think we're showing our ignorance towards any kind of food stuff. Um, a commis chef is a junior chef 
in a professional kitchen who is managed by a chef de partie. They will learn specific mm. sections of the kitchen's roles. Well, well, I hope that this commerce chef brings back the falafel burger because I'm really missing it now. Um, there's never any veggie pies left at the end of the game unless you go around to the, um, the main stand. It's quite annoying. So um, if they could sort that out and get me a falafel burger back, I'd be very happy. Um, right, I know that producer Mikey wants us to be quick today. It shouldn't be a problem on account of the fact that the uh, the game <laughs> wasn't really that interesting. Um, I don't really know where you want to start with it. I- I'm just going to throw it out to both of you to make a point about the game, really. Um, Carla, do you want to go first? Feel free to say no. Yeah, no, I can go first. Uh, well, I, I'm going to uh, use creative license with the question to talk about Jim, who I sat next to in the White Horse, who's a friend of Albert's um Albert kindly sorted me out with his uh ticket for the game and Jim was just an absolute legend but um Albert had warned me that he will quickly turn the conversation to Joel Ward so I was ready for it and it did happen after about five minutes but the best moment came when in the second half there was that incredible uh tackle that uh Ward put in and then like almost got lifted off his feet I think he did get lifted off off his feet everyone applauded he absolutely absolutely did get way off his feet yeah absolutely um, and, uh, everyone applauded it and then just as it went quiet Jim went that's another year on his contract <laughs> it was just brilliant I had the best time sitting next to Jim because it was a barrel of laughs um, and we had a great chat at half time and then uh, the football came back and I was like oh I nearly forgot there was a second half of football to uh, watch so yeah it was a, I thought it was, a, it was a decent enough game it just felt a bit like there was nothing really riding on it for us apart from to get above Chelsea which I guess is um it's great. It's the first yeah, time. Yeah, as did. the afternoon went on, I realised how much that meant to me. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't know if we're going to see that again in our lifetimes, which is a very, very depressing thought. But, um, you know. Are you it, trying to say that you don't believe Steve Parrish when he says that this is the year that he's going to take the club to the next level, Mike? Um, <laughs> I'm going to take it with a pinch of salt, is what I'm going to do. Um yeah, I mean, can take it to the next level um, by something drastic that we can't even pos- possibly picture right now. But um, we're staring down the barrel of no Wilf and possibly another. What, what what's the plan? Training training up Paddy McCarthy. Um, yeah, I'd, yeah. We'll, we'll see. It depends what he re- he means by the next level. If he means tenth, then it's possible. Okay. Yeah. He did write a column in the Sun- for the Sunday Times on Saturday where he brought about the fact that um, there are, since the Premier League's inception, there have been 10 teams that have been promoted and stayed in the Premier League for more than a decade. Uh, there are only four teams that have stayed there 11 years uh, or more and Southampton going down uh, a proof of that. So, you know, staying up next year is going to be... Um, an achievement of sorts. But going back to your original question, Mike, you, you didn't have the who that is, by any chance, did you? No, I don't. Uh, apologies for that. That's some homework for, for our listeners. Um, they can let us know at high at back of the nest and we'll talk about it on the first show of next season. Um, but back to your we original question. We're not that well prepared. <laughs> Carry on. Uh, it was your, your archetypal end of season. Both teams are safe game where the sun's shining. And there's a bit of a celebratory atmosphere. I mean, we spoke pre-show about the uh, ebullience of the Nottingham Forest fans and fair play to them. They they were having a cracking time. So were the Palace fans. I bought a new kit, which looks nice. Um, 
I liked it when does I first saw it. Does it, though? I like it on telly. It does. <laughs> does it, though? Um, we've got, we've no. got one of the questions we've been asked to talk about. Um, oh, I should have prepped it first, shouldn't I? Um, <laughs> carry on, and I'll find it. Yeah, so uh, met up with Cara, met up with Chris, who took his girlfriend to the game, and that was good, because uh, I haven't seen him for a long time. DR met Chris for the first time in about... So, sorry, let's, for, for listeners, we're talking about Hambo here. Yeah, who has a girlfriend? Yes. Um, also, it's the first time, uh, considering I've been with you guys for two seasons, it was the first time I've met Hambo in real life as well. So it was a like very uh, late coming, nice to meet you uh, when we saw him. It was cool. Yeah. So, did, 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 uh, did you enjoy the fan zone experience before the game, Cara? Um, it was all right. It was pretty busy, but it was lovely being out in the sun. Um, and it was obviously nice to see you guys which I wouldn't usually get to see pre-game so that was nice but it was just quite rammed wasn't it it feels like it needs to be they need to extend it a bit make it a bit bigger um have some more space but uh yeah it was a really nice buzz everyone was quite excited um just like you said like a really nice kind of celebratory atmosphere I do think it's like it feels like the end of the season has been about three years in coming so um I think a lot of people may be just glad to say goodbye to this season and see what comes in the summer. Yeah, although people on Twitter are already asking when the fixtures are out, so I think <laughs> some people are missing it already, but there you go. So Eze and Elise are friendship goals on Twitter. Asked for honest opinions of the new home kit, especially if you saw it in person. And then said, as you've alluded to there, when the schedule comes up, predict how many of our first 10 games are against the top half teams. Last year it was seven and the year before it was seven. Um, I think I'm going to say I think the kit is fucking horrible. <laughs> um, but it, 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 the, I'm be, I'm one of those cheap bastards that used to always buy the kit when it was down to like, um, sort of three to fifty quid. Um, and I get sort of all three. And the Palace are just such a popular team now that it just never gets to that. So I've gone about three seasons without having a shirt. So. Um, I think the last one I actually own is the one where we had a black and a white um, second and third kit and that's the last ones I got um, so I don't know you, you're the one that's got the new threads in it you're the one that was strutting rounds like you know you own a place wearing a new how much was it 50 quid shirt 60 quid fuck me I know but I, I <laughs> yeah I'd had a couple of pints I thought I'll start it and um but it's it's good for Palace to actually get the kit out on time. Um, that is a low bar. <laughs> but it's true. And uh, you'd wonder what the alternative would have been. They had, you know, how far in advance had they thought of that kit? And did they have one um, just in case we did get relegated in the pipeline? Because you're not going to have a 10th year anniversary one for the season you've gone down, are you? Uh, no, but it doesn't, it doesn't look anything like that one from 10 years ago. No, it doesn't to be fair, but you'll get used to it. We got used to it, seeing the players out on the picture of it, and enough Palace fans bought it. it I mean, the shop was ran with people buying it, so... Yeah, um, don't, don't get me wrong, I don't really care. Uh, Cara, sorry. No, um, uh, when I first saw it, like the pictures of it, I did think it was almost like somebody had taken like uh, inspiration from Spider-Man um, with the like background kind of... Uh, lines on it uh but then actually when I saw it in real life on the pitch it looked quite nice I quite liked it so I did the whole 
I got used to it within about 24, 48 hours. So um, did either of you have an opinion before you'd had three or four points? Yeah, no, I didn't like it. I, I genuinely thought it looked like a Spider-Man fancy dress outfit and was like, this is ridiculous. But by um, the time it went on the pitch, presumably you'd already had a skinful. No, because I was driving. I'd had. Oh, okay, okay. That, that was completely the wrong answer, Carl. You meant to say I didn't like it until I saw Nick wear it, and then. <laughs> if there was anything that could have put me off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought it looked nice. It looked. It was a very sunny day, obviously, and it just looked. The bright colours looked lovely in the sun. But there was a. We were in the pub. I was in the pub afterwards with Heskiff and uh, Vanessa, and Vanessa and me were talking about it at the bar, and uh, a guy there said don't worry guys it's just laundry and Vanessa went yes yeah, laundry I'm paying 60 quid for so I want to like it it's like yes exactly that but no it I think it will grow on people as we go uh, well it depends how well we play I think if we if we start the season shit then people probably still hate it won't they but let's see what happens well yeah and on the question of how many top 10 teams we're going to play my opinion is always the same I'd rather not play the teams that have just come up in the first half a dozen games as long as we Avoid playing sort of Luton on the first game or something. I'm, I'm happy enough. Well, like uh, Huddersfield are going straight back down, and then they beat us three 0 in the first match. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is, it, is it playing the teams that are in the top ten at the time you play them, or who finished in the top ten the season before? Good question. So uh, it doesn't include Chelsea then. Drastically, couldn't it? Yes, it's not Chelsea. Yeah. Who who knows? Who knows? Anyway, we'll we'll find out, and I'm sure we'll have a pod on that when we get to it. Um, yeah, any other thoughts on the game? Um, do you want to talk about Hughes, I mean, starting and having a, a damn fine game? Um, and I suppose in that in that same breath, we can cover the, the Jefferson Lerma rumour as well. Yeah, it, it was. we've said it before, the players need time to bed in uh, for a few games before they start showing uh, their metal and what, how good they are. But he was everywhere. Absolutely everywhere, and with ten minutes to go, dead on his feet, which showed how much of a shift he put in. Um, but his passing was good. His partnership with Decore is good because it allows Decore to do his stuff a lot more. And um, I don't know whether he stands out a bit more just because he's shock of white hair um, and his uh, Harold Step Steptoesque looks, but um, he just seems to be uh, the player that I remember him being at Derby. Well, you know when he was just, a teenage wonder kid. I'll just stop you there. Didn't, didn't... Um... Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The junior, the senior step-toe guy get done for like Operation Utree, in which case let's not like him to that guy. I don't think he did, did he? Well, well I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to Google it while you're talking. 
But, uh, yeah, he's... I said last week to Chris uh, that we kind of missed Jeffrey Schlupp uh, because he does different things to Husey, but we didn't miss him this week. Um, I don't know what you thought, Cara. Well, I love Will Hughes anyway. So even when he doesn't play very well, I kind of will run to his defence quite quickly. But um, no, he was very good yesterday. And it, I, it, he kind of, yeah, was the player that we all wanted him to be um, when he came in. And I think just highlighted, like, obviously we saw Maka come on, didn't we, for the last, like, 15, 20 minutes, was it? Um, but we just haven't really had that, like, real kind of, um, I don't know how to describe it. Had, yeah, that tenacity and that kind of aggression in the midfield in a way that just kind of unsettles people. Like, I think even the players, like, Czech's obviously been great um, and, like, Schlappi's done an amazing uh, kind of job for us this season. But sometimes you just want to see, like, someone in midfield just clatter into players, especially Forrest, because that is what they will do, is what they did to us at the away fixture as well. And I think having Hughes kind of giving it back to them really um, kind of put us on a bit more of an even playing field um, in this game compared to how we played against them at the away fixture. So um, I, I, I really like him. He's what like my favourite kind of type of player anyway. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll see more of him going into next season, whatever um, the makeup of the rest of the, the team looks like. Well, let, let's just point out we shouldn't uh, liken him to that particular individual who has been accused by two separate men of a series of things that we won't cover in this pod. Um, so let's give him a nicer reference. Um, think of something. Uh, yeah, I, I was really impressed with him. Um, the fact it was that sunny and he was still running around as well. That's that's good. Um, I wanted to talk about the Forest goal because, <laughs> I mean, it was it was pretty it was a pretty amazing goal. Um, I felt it was one of those that actually we couldn't do a great deal about. And I think Palace did everything that they possibly could after the initial sort of fumble um, to try and stop it. And it was uh, it was a fine finish. I don't know what anyone else thought. It was an amazing ball from Gibbs White, wasn't it? To put him through. And it just made me think of um, how we need a striker like that. Uh, I can't remember the Forest scorer's name, but we, we haven't got anybody up front that will do that. Maybe Wilf, but he's not really an out-and-out striker as he is, is a winger. But uh, there's been rumours, again, from the French football uh, website that I mentioned earlier that Mateta's on his way out. So mm. uh, well, so requested a transfer? Yeah. Yeah, because he's not getting enough game time. But to be perfectly honest, you're not going to get much game time if your idea of heading is to duck down <laughs> and just move your neck up slightly rather than jumping. So... <laughs> well, let, let's quickly cover that, and Jefferson Lerma. Um, I'm very surprised that um, that came out. I mean, it's obviously from a very good source in Edarens, and um, it's it's hard to think that he wouldn't post that unless he knew something that everyone else didn't. Um, I don't know the ins and outs of his contract, but you know that would be pretty amazing if Bournemouth paid the amount of money they did for him, and then they've allowed him to see out his contract and leave to a team that aren't, you know, aren't stellar above Bournemouth in terms of, well, in terms of most things, really. Um, I know people are going to disagree with that, but you, you know what I'm saying. Um, you know, if he's, if, he, if he's got the option to start dealing with anyone, um, someone, somebody at Palace must have been scouting him for a fair while and gone to him with a very decent deal. Um, so if that works out, that's, you know, as much as people have reservations about him and 
he's been uh, he's been a bit of a thorn in Palace's side in the past. Um, that would be an amazing signing. In terms of Mateta requesting a transfer, you know, th- there's been situations in the past where we've heard about people not being happy, and then before we know it, they've been talked around into staying. So who knows? But I don't know if anyone's going to be talking JP. No, staying, are they? really. No, I, like, I, I, I love the guy. Don't get me wrong. I, you both know I'm a big fan of his, but like, he's not been good enough. But I feel the same about Edward as well. Like, I can't remember who I was saying this to a couple of weeks ago. Like, I think it is time and I do think this is one thing that we saw yesterday again is that Edward's just not quite up to it like JP hasn't been good enough but like I I think Edward keeps showing like little glimmers of like the player he could be and you get like people saying you know there's a player in there somewhere or like just give him a few games and it's like yeah but he's always just not quite there and I think he's just one of those players that is caught between being way too good for the championship but just not being good enough for the level that we're playing at. Um, I, I think he's caught financially, to be honest. The, the amount he cost and presumed the, the amount of wages that he's going to be on, I think he's he's going to struggle to, or the, the club are going to struggle to find somebody to match that. I, I don't think Mateta's in that situation. That, you know, he didn't cost anywhere near as much. No. no. Um, presumably isn't being paid anywhere near as much. Um, so I could see that being an option, just that we don't have any bodies. But... Who, who knows, you know, how, Dougie keeps his cards very close to his chest on, on what's happening and, and there could be another wholesale change, even though we thought maybe this season would just be adding a bit here and there. Um, obviously, they've talked in the last few days about Luca and um, Jimmy Mack going, you know, that'll, that'll free up a not insignificant amount of wages. Um, I, I think we can probably leave you know, discussions about the players leaving to the end of season pod that Hambo will hopefully be be chairing because he'll want to cover them too. And obviously, <clears throat> Wilf, which, you know, isn't necessarily there yet, but um, it's possible that there's enough of a wage-structured bill left that we could afford some more players without getting rid of too many. Who knows? Um, the thing sorry. with Edward is um, he's a great finisher. You saw his goal against Fulham. And the other goals he's scored this season have been where the ball is played through right for him. And he doesn't get many of those balls played through. So we'd almost have to change our style of play to suit him for him to be any good. Which yeah, is that's kind a of vast about face. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Because he's good when all the conditions are right. But like... You're, how often are all the conditions going to be right? And like a team like Palace, I mean, for all the talk of going up to the next level, I don't think we're going quite up to the level where we can afford to only have a striker that can score when it's absolute perfect conditions for him. Um, and I, I, I could just, he's just a very easy player to shut down because he's not got quite that kind of instinctive um, kind of tap in him to, to make something happen when it's not absolutely perfect. I just, yeah... I think we're going to end up doing what we did yesterday in a lot of games going forward if we are keeping him as our striker, which is having a fair few chances, but like very few on target and, and even fewer going in the, in the goal. Can I talk about chances, Chris? Because we, we had... Uh... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who's Chris? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah, you've so, been away for a while, mate. Sorry. Show a bit of fucking respect. Right, come on. Sorry, man. 31 minutes, 38, I'll write that down and I can connect <laughs> that out. <laughs> no, um, Hennessy in goal yesterday, if he didn't concede, it would have been his first ever clean sheet at Celeste. Can you believe that? 
Um, why weren't we peppering him with shots? Okay, we had a few shots. Most we had, we had fifteen. We had fifteen shots. But three we were on target. Yeah. One of them. One of them was saved by Ayu. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And uh, Hennessy got the rebound. Eze's brilliant shot at the end that deserved a goal from the move that went before it was kind of straight at him. But we know how crap he is. Why weren't we shooting loads at him? It's just we could get our shots on target. Yeah. You know, maybe it's because it was the end of the season we had nothing to play for. Forest were like packing packing the uh, box full of their players as well. So I think it was legitimately quite difficult to like get through them. But yeah, I, like- I was going to say for that exact reason, I think we actually did have quite a lot of shots. You know, do you remember the one that Eze absolutely skied over the bar? Yeah, yeah. I can only think that's because Roy said to him, "Hey, up that Welsh guy is not very good." <laughs> yeah, and then the free kick, and you thought, right, we know what Hennessy does here. And uh, me and Will bet that Elise would take that, but Eze took it and it went over the bar. But, you know, it's perfect conditions. How many free kicks did Hennessy let in while playing for us? That's rhetorical. Several. <laughs> a a number greater than one. <laughs> yeah. a, a fair few. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think he's he's found his, his place at Nottingham Forest because people don't, don't seem to think he's a prick. Um, <laughs> oh, there's still time. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure there is. Um, I mean, obviously, there's not a great deal to discuss about the game, really. The, the main thing is we finished above Chelsea, which is amazing. 45 points, 11th. You know, that's still... So we've still, over 10 seasons, only finished between 10th and 15th, which is just nuts. I mean, it's an absolutely crazy statistic, but it's up, it's up there. I think it, the only other time we finished 11th, off the top of my head, someone's going to correct me, is the second season. I think we finished 11th. Um but I, yeah, I wanted to just cover a couple of things. Um, I wanted people to talk about their favourite game of the season because, unlike most seasons, I had trouble thinking about it. Uh, and then I just want a quick answer to the the rest of the comments on Twitter. So while you're thinking about your favourite moment, let's uh, let's just ask the rest of the questions. Um, I think we covered the communal sex doll before we started the game. Um, you said anyway. Well, yeah. Um, so. Leif Anderson's forehead, as ever. Um, the difference between having a clinical forward like Forrest have and us. The Forrest player never looked like scoring, but had one chance and took it, whereas Edward and Potato need about five chances. Uh, I, I think that probably is what you said, Nick, but I don't know if you want to elaborate on it at all. Um, no, he's spot on, Mr. Leif Anderson's forehead. So, um, yeah, it's uh, but getting a striker is very difficult. Uh, who are the last decent strikers we got? Benteke was good in the first season. Uh, Murray, who we got off Brighton, was very good. And before that, um, AJ, who we didn't know anything about in the swap deal for Clinton Morrison. So it's it's just, I don't know, it's potluck getting a good striker, isn't it? Otherwise, they're going to be paying a fortune, which we haven't got. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Uh, what I will say is, you know, we scored 40 goals this season, which which isn't, you know, isn't great. It's it's over a goal a game. But, you know, Forrest didn't reach that. They got 38. Um, we were quite a long way behind everyone in the top half. But um, there's only one team in the bottom half that scored more, and that was West Ham. And that was that was only 42. So I, I think it's a problem that a lot of teams are having. You know, the, the, the decent strikers are being hoovered up by the top 10. Um, you know, it's it's players 
that maybe we could tempt but are currently coming to the end of the contract and, and clubs just aren't stupid enough to let that happen. So, um, you know, Brighton scored nearly double what we did, which is incredibly depressing. Um, so there's 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 a lot of room for change, but it's not like we're unique. Um, you know, almost every other side were absolutely die. I mean, Wolves scored 31 goals in 38 games, um, which is absolutely pathetic. Um, so you know, let's let's not let's not think that we're unique in this. What I will uh, say though is that um, Dave is that um, we've um, got a lot of players that have scored. Um, we haven't had to rely on one or two players to score, which is a good thing. Yeah, and we ha- we haven't had to rely on Wilf that much since Hodgson's been here, um, which is slightly reassuring. Um, but I do still think that. Elise's got a way to go. Um, but we, we can discuss that, or Hamburg can discuss that on the other show. Um, the only other comments people wanted us to discuss, um, Kelly's asked for potential signings, players and manager, and Eagle-Eyed Football and at Cooge0102 asked about Graham Potter. So a quick comment on that, Cara. Um, <clears throat> Graham Potter, I have no strong feelings about either way. I think the only strong feelings I have about which manager is going to come in next season is that it's not Roy and uh, that whoever it is, the board slash parish and the board, uh, actually fully back them and get behind it and don't do this half-hearted nonsense that we've seen over and over again. Um, and as for potential signings, I, honestly, I think it's hard to say until we know whether Wolf's going or not, because like, what is next season going to look like if he stays? Is it a kind of, you know, he's getting injured more. So are we building a team around him still? Or are we saying that next year is going to be a kind of, he's here and he plays as much as he can, but we need to make sure the team is built in a slightly different way so that it kind of survives without him. I think it's really tricky to, uh, uh, yeah, to kind of say until we know that. But what I would say is Leicester are going to lose a hell of a lot of players and uh, as much as a lot of uh, Palace fans seem to not like Leicester for whatever reason, um, they've got some really talented individual players. So um, I would maybe be on the lookout for a couple of those. Jamie Vardy, stupid eagle dance. The <laughs> Red Bull guzzling rat that he is. Um, yes, no, fair point. Um, I'll Just before you... Chime in on that, Nick. I will just point out that um, Jefferson Lerma has been known to play at right back, which would be very useful in that, um, you know, a defensive midfielder stroke right back is exactly what we need. Um, I think we, we definitely need some cover um, down the flanks. At the back, Nick. Well, what this season's shown is that we don't have to rely on Wilf like we used to which is a good thing if he does go. Uh, I'd quite like the uh, guy who scored a couple for Southampton on Saturday. I don't know if he scored uh, on Sunday. I don't know if you saw his goals. I can't think of his name. Great celebration as well, but he looks absolutely mustard. I think you know that we didn't. Um, And it would be a crying shame if he was the greatest championship because he's far too good for that division. Um, as for manager, what was interesting Saturday, uh, Sunday, I'm, I'm so confused with my days with all these bank holidays in this month. Um, did you notice, Cara, how much more um, Paddy McCarthy was in the technical area compared to previous games, which is leading me to think that actually Roy is still going to be here next season and they're actually going to sort of bring 
bring McCarthy up to speed on on managing first team football. Yeah, I really do. It wouldn't surprise me. I think it's just parish all over, isn't it? Like yeah. he just sticks to what he knows, even if what he knows is flawed. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't, I can't think of anybody to come in. I mean, somebody mentioned to me Bielsa the other day, but I'm not even sure no. about that because I know no. he did well bringing leads up, but and they scored lots of goals, but it was just crap defensively. Yeah, exactly. You know, Leeds, not... Leeds still suffered from that, um, even under Allardyce, who's known to be good defensively. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. And as for bringing new players in, it's it's difficult to know until you know who the new manager is going to be. I mean, it surprised me getting Lerma in. Um, but then we are in an era of um, not only long throws suddenly being a thing, long throws into the box, if you notice, but also um, football directors buying players and the managers doing stuff with the players, not the managers choosing the players they want. So that seems to be... Yeah, I, as well. I think you've, you've made a good point there. I'd, I'd just like to see the manager situation resolved very early on. Um, whether it's Roy, whether it's... I'd, yeah, whether it's someone else. Um, why not Brendan Rodgers, eh? Why not Brendan Rodgers? Um, okay, so let's just close this out with favourite memories from this season. It can be as esoteric and random as you want. Uh, Cara, have you had a think? I have, yeah. Um, mine's a very personal one. Um, <clears throat> it was the uh, Leeds Away 5-1 win. Um, and it's absolutely pathetic, but it's just because my ex-boyfriend supports Leeds and uh, used to give it large about what a great uh, big club Leeds were. And uh, nothing has made me happier this weekend than Leeds going down. So, And nothing made me happier that weekend than us beating them 5-1. Uh, Jordan, goals galore, are you getting to uh, robbed of the hat-trick? And yeah, very happy memories of that weekend for me. Yeah, I did enjoy that Leeds game, actually. I was there. Uh, it was good. Um my favourite moment from the match was Wardy giving MacArthur the armband when he came on, which I thought was a really nice touch. Um, but my favourite game of last season was very early on when we beat West Ham at their place with a last-minute goal, just mm. shut the jellied eel munchers up completely. The jellied eel munchers. Um, similarly, my favourite moment was um, the, la- the last-minute winner against Leicester, which retrospectively... Put them down, didn't it? So, um, good stuff. Um, it's also great to notice that we gave Forest four points throughout the season as well. Um, would they have been in the mix if we hadn't have been so shit against them? Um, yeah, I mean, so essentially, I'm sure there'll be an end of season chat. So, you'll you'll have a nice long discussion over players going, all that kind of thing. Um, we'll leave that to it. The friendlies have already started appearing in the calendar, um, so that's that's quite exciting. I mean, the season's basically going to restart again the moment we catch our breath on this one. I'll see a couple of games of cricket before that's back in, but um, in the meantime, we uh, we really appreciate you listening over the course of the season. Those of you that are ardent podcast listeners as opposed to just TikToking, um, that's great. If you just do uh, generally... You, you only dip it in and out, but you you watch the YouTube stuff that DR's been doing. That's amazing. Can't blame you. You know, they put in a ton of effort and then we all turn up with a beer and just chat shit for 40 minutes. Um, you know, Absolutely. so if you, if, you, if you haven't done that yet, please do go and subscribe on the YouTube channel. Uh, follow us on all the usual places, even the ones that are going out of style. Um, I might not have a Facebook anymore. 
But uh, Nick certainly does. Nick, you got your hand up. Yeah, well, we banned from Facebook. No, uh, I just would say I'm leaving my seat after 15 years in the main stand block. Jay finally found out the name of the lady who I've been chatting to since shit games against Barnsley at home on a Tuesday night in the pissing rain. Uh, so, uh, bye, Sharon. Thanks to everybody I sat around for 14 years because it's pretty much been uh, the same people. Um, sorry about my bad jokes all that time and uh, hopefully see you around the grounds. Uh, next season when I can sit behind Hesketh and annoy him. <laughs> yep, Nick will be joining us in the lower Holmesdale, so that is exciting. Okay, right, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much for listening. If you if you do get a chance, just stick a review down on whatever pod app you listen to. It really helps. Um, we will certainly be back with a, a, a peppering of shows over the off-season, um, prepping for the new ones, discussing signings. I'm sure when there's a signing or something, we'll jump on. Um, until the end of season review and those thank you very much for listening and come on you palace the talk sport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year as football fans we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.